Sabaho, Sabaho. Okay, so we are we are live. Sorry, I just want to double check. I want to make sure that we are good and microphone is working. We're not gonna have that type of technical issues. Uh, don't forget to smash that like button. Thank you, Greg. Good morning. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, and um, Lito Johnson's actually asking for the linking of the article. It is actually linked right beneath the introduction um, in the actual description. Since you're on YouTube, I'm assuming you should be able to open up the description without losing the, uh, the chat part of it. Uh, so the, the article that we're referring to, or at least the one I'm talking about for today's video, um, I woke up this morning and I didn't actually read the article when it was posted. I didn't catch it on, uh, during that time. I caught it after. So it was one of those um, interesting articles. And um, it actually was posted by a, a fellow a Lebanese guy. Uh, and it's so definitely very nice to be able to see more uh, more Lebanese people on XDA on the, uh, working on there. Uh, Mr. Rishlani, assalamu alaikum. Sabahu, ahlan wa sahlan, ahlan wa depending where you are in the world. <clears throat> Sorry, a little bit of uh, I don't know why a little bit of a flame there. Um, is there an Android phone better than iPhone in terms of video recording? Uh, yes, there's here is asking about the quality of iPhone. Okay, so there are many phones on the market that take great video, and I'll, and I'll say this: um, iOS may, or at least a um, Apple devices, you know, um, iPhones and so on, do have a very good history of performing when it comes down to video recording. Um, and, and one thing I would probably say is there are a lot of Android uh, devices on the market right now that can record video just as good, if not better in certain circumstances. Uh, I, I, I want to say basically one of the things that we appreciate about iPhones or, or at least uh, you know, Apple devices is the fact that they're consistent and they're color calibrated. I think that's where some of the, um, I would probably see some of the setbacks that are there and depending on the Android ecosystem. But it's not really about cameras. It's not really about the iPhone itself. I'm not talking about the iPhone 11 Pro Max, the 12 Pro Max, or even uh, any version of a uh, specific version of, uh, of an iPhone. I'm actually talking about iOS the operating system that you live in when you're using an iPhone. So it could be the iPhone 13, uh, the iPhone uh, SE, all of those things apply. And this is one of those things I want to talk about. Um, I see we have Matt Tyler in the chat. Uh, Greg, yes, here's here is in there as well. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I, I see a, a lot of our friends. Matt Tyler, of course, hitting, kicking it with us. Uh, you know, we haven't had him with the show for some time. Uh, so Sabaho, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Morning with Tech. It's been an interesting week. I would say uh, Techtober is finally over. It's spilling a little bit into November. Um, November is not done, but there's a lot of things coming up in November and in December. Um, overall, we are start, we're getting close to basically seeing what Qualcomm's 2022 uh, you know version of a, an SOC, what some people are dubbing basically you know the Snapdragon 989. Um, potentially bringing in, and of course, there's some leaks going on, but, you know, talking about 20% uh, improvement, it, it is obviously expected to be better than previous generations. It wouldn't make sense for Qualcomm to release and say, you know what, uh, we've been doing so great for all these years, and we're so far ahead of everybody else on the curb. Uh, we're going to take it easy this year. We're just going to chill, and we're just not going to update the, uh, <laughs> the the performance. We're going to give you a new, a new SKU, so basically a new uh, product number, but essentially, it's the same. No, it, obviously, there's going to be some improvements. Um, and I would love to basically also share with you guys that, that I will be actually covering the event. So, uh, again, not not to put any kind of bias or so on. I was definitely, I've been there before. And this is obviously going to be something that would be very nice. So, hopefully, one of our shows may be actually from a different location in the near future. So, hopefully, you guys will will, will, will show some support there. And, of course, uh, uh, of course, appreciate that coming in. Um uh, oh, George Brown doing, hey, man, hope you're doing well. Uh, Javier is in there uh, checking in. <laughs> always, always appreciate it, guys. Um, so 
the conversation is, was stemmed from an article that Mahmoud, uh, and I want to see, let me hold on, let me bring up the article real quick. I want to share with you guys, maybe do a quick, a quick screen grab, because I want to make sure that you guys understand where, where the conversation is coming from. So I'll just actually go directly to XDA. Uh, as I said, the link is in the description. If you guys would love to be able to see that one, uh, just go ahead and it's right beneath it. And I'll go ahead and if I can grab it, uh, I will put it in the chat as well. So you guys could definitely, uh, if you'd like to be able to read it at the same time. So the article specifically talks, uh, and don't suddenly bring it up, and I thought I said I was going to bring it, and I didn't do it. So let's go ahead and do this. I'm going to bring you guys full screen, share. Uh, actually, you know what? Sorry, that uh, the link I gave you guys is not the right article. That was, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Okay, sorry. Disregard the last link. This is the, the right link. So I'm, I'm posting it for you guys now in the chat. This is the article that we're talking about. It was posted on XDA. And let's do screen, share, and share the screen. So here, we're going to share our secondary screen. And this is it. So the article was very, very simply, very, uh, you know, very, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's an opinion. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely an opinion, and it's going to go, obviously, there's some things in there supporting his point of view. Uh, so this was posted by Mahmoud Aitani, uh, Aitani and Aitani, uh, he's a fellow Lebanese uh, guy that lives in Istanbul. Uh, and he's obviously, his opinion obviously is based on, he's an iOS user. Right. So we're going to start off by saying that. But he actually makes a good a few common points in there, or at least a few points in there explaining certain aspects of what makes this decision or his opinion and validates his, his uh, I guess, his point of view. And I think that's where the article goes through. Uh, we go for basically uh, through the some of the historical conversations, obviously, with Apple, uh, you know, Apple's iOS versus Google's Android, uh, the, the fact of basically roaming and modding, com uh, you know, conversations of what are some of the flexibilities that you get with Android user interface and user experience. Android feels like one uh, ginormous, uh, uh, basically decade long beta test run by Google. There are some some interesting comments put in there. And of course, stability and performance and updates. And then he, of course, uh, kind of brings up also the security and privacy conversation, which I felt like it was a little bit one-sided because there's a lot of concerns over iOS's scanning of personal data uh, that was not brought up as a big factor as to, you know, being part of the walled garden of iOS. Um, but my goal today wasn't really necessarily to kind of pinpoint or, or, or nitpick his, his article. It was more about the conversation of iOS and Android. iOS and Android are very strong ecosystems. Uh, and again, the comments, just to let you guys know, I, I definitely want to be uh, make this into a conversation between all of us, because I feel like this is something that we always hear. We always hear the comparisons, people wanting to compare, uh, you know, your best Android device versus your best iOS device. And, you know, obviously, and then the battles go on. At the end of the day, some of the points he made were actually very true. Uh, the simplicity of iOS, the fact that you kind of know or you have that that sense of security feeling that everything is perfect. And the reality to a certain point, no ecosystem is immune from issues, from security issues and flaws. Um, even iOS, uh, it, through their uh, rigorous validation process, have had issues and malware go to the App Store. So it's not immune as, as he's kind of depicting it. But what I want to bring it back and want to talk about a little bit is as far as a user experience, I've Obviously, we'll go with the with with a pre precursor to this entire thing. I'm an Android user. I've been an Android user for for many many years, but I'm also an iOS user. I'd use devices that have iOS. This is my 11 Pro Max. I didn't upgrade to the 12 or to the 13 yet, mostly because there hasn't been a, re a need. And and I think um, uh, Mahmoud kind of puts out the same comment. He has not felt the need to upgrade his iOS device, and this is one of those things. But there's a couple of things that we want to talk about the fact of when you talk about what's the better user interface, that app, that iOS is a better user interface. This article, by definition, the way it was titled, was intended to invoke emotion. 
there's a there's a hook the hook is in the title um it wasn't done by coincidence it wasn't done by accident it was titled specifically android well and i say this specifically because this is xda right it's posted on an android primarily android based website that you know caters to other operating systems they've covered many things but to put it on an android website saying that ios is better you're invoking emotion and you're trying to bring up conversation so kudos really big kudos to uh to the to the titling and of course the subject of the conversation but if we bring it down to the basic core of what the conversation is really about it's essentially a user interface right it's a user interface that has a certain rules, a certain parameters, a certain look that we've come to be to accustomed to from a specific company, iOS. Apple's iOS has looked very similarly for quite some time. We've had massive improvements within the last couple of versions of iOS 13, and you know, and, and even looking into iOS 14, the fact that we now have widgets, we now have a sidebar, kind of like a similar to the Google feed, but it's more of a like a shortcut settings options on the left with a new ability of adding different widgets, live widgets that update, you know, news, pictures, and so on. The ability of aggregating all of your apps into folders, uh, you know, smart folders sitting on the far right part of the iOS ecosystem. All of those things are within the last couple of years. They work a little bit differently from different ecosystem. But one comment in the entire conversation that I felt like was interesting that Mahmoud made, he said that although his device, his device has been upgrading year over year, he has not felt the need because his device has not slowed down. He has not been impacted and he's been benefiting from the updates. And that's really the weird conversation that I found because as an Android, as an Android user, as, and I know this obviously, um, many devices, whenever you get an update, specifically an operating system update, a big update, there's always growing pains. And it's been well documented that iOS and Apple has been, to a certain point, changing the experience on older devices, kind of ever so nicely and gently nudging people to move on to the next device. And I felt that when I was there. Now, they may be different now. I am running iOS 14 here. Uh, it's one of those things that you kind of have to really live in to truly understand. Android is no exception to this conversation. We've had many, many concerns and many issues when we look at Android devices, especially when they jump on, let's say, to Android 10 or even Android 11. There's been some concerns, and even Pixel owners that have uh, received the OTAs from Android for Android 12 on like a Pixel 3a or some devices, they're having some problems. And it's typically due to compatibility with certain applications, developers, and it's just the, the ecosystem is very different. Um, but again, the conversation really today is based, after reading this article, I feel like I said it was intended to invoke an emotion. And I want to say Mahmoud did a very good job detailing his perspective of this conversation, because that's really what it is. If you read throughout the article, it really reflects this, at least to me. It really is referencing on his personal use and what he uses his devices for and what he values on a daily activity. But he does make some comments regarding the average user and what do people really care. Some of the comments on the article also kind of reference the fact that iOS or Apple devices are typically more expensive and average users don't go and pay that much money for phones. So that kind of also flipped the conversation a little bit. And that's true because when you start looking at iOS sales compared to Android outside of the US, outside of primary markets where, um, you know, $1,000, $800,000 devices are, you know, the norm, I guess. And, and it sounds weird saying it, but it is true. Now we look at devices when they're launching with the exception of Google, which is, again, trying to disrupt the market with the pricing, which I think it's doing a great job with. Um, Apple devices are typically expensive. They're not considered to be the cheap. They're not considered the average user's phone because they're typically more expensive. 
So that really, that really kind of where it got me off the conversation is, is it for the average user? The title average user, again, was intended to invoke an emotion because at that point, most of us will think, well, I'm an average user. This doesn't apply to me. And why are you saying things? Again, purely emotional, thought-provoking title. So um, I want to, real quick, before we start diving a little bit more into this, uh, let me double check real quick. I'm pretty sure I'm really back, backed up on this. Uh, what are we in, into? Was it almost 11? And I think, yeah, I'm like 10 minutes or so. Uh, thank you very much to Matt, of course, for uh, the, uh, bringing down the hammer. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. Javier, uh, Javier Hidalgo, uh, checking in, see what's going on about you guys. Doing good. Um, yeah, I actually have time off uh, work uh, today. Nice. Um, oh, <laughs> Jimmy Fire Dragon, thank you. It's 898, not 989. I was like, yeah, TK, you're like jumping uh, skews here. Uh, well, I mean, it's rumored to be there. Uh, remember, last time when we saw, we thought the 888 was going to be, uh, you know, called something. The 18, you know, 875, they jumped on. So you're right. Uh, it's the 898, uh, potentially going to be the 898. Uh, and as far as the... Um, the improvements and how much is it better? Obviously, benchmarks are not going to be the only measurement, uh, but at the end of the day, it should and will be better than what the 888 is, and of course, any previous generation of what Qualcomm is offering. I'm actually also really interested to see what MediaTek has to offer as far as a an improvement over what the Dimensity has been doing. The 1100 and the 1200 have been absolute banging, just seriously, some of the best performing MediaTek processors. Um, and I feel like this is a weird conversation, but if you guys ever remember um, AMD back in the, not right now, but if you've, if you've been on PCs and modding and building PCs for, the, for quite some time, you probably remember at some point where AMD was associated with lower performance and lower... Um, like it's considered to be the, the 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 budget pricing for CPUs when it came to CPU power on desktop PCs, and for the longest time, that's what AMD was known for. Intel was always the front runner. Intel was always the better performer. People jumped on Team Intel, and of course, Team AMD. AMD wasn't doing as well. And I feel like the conversation here is very similar when we have Qualcomm and MediaTek. MediaTek, although not being the most performance, you know, um, showcasing processing uh, power right now. They're almost everywhere. They've up, they've done the budget side. They've done the um, the uh, I guess the 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 background processing powerhouses for quite some time. Most of our smart devices, TVs, uh, assistants, lights are using MediaTek-based processors or MediaTek chipsets. So the reality of the matter is, MediaTek is quite a big company. But MediaTek is focusing on performance and they want to basically make a big splash in the mobile industry. And truly, I will say this, the Dimensity chipset by far outperformed what it was promising. And I think that was a big thing. So looking forward to seeing what MediaTek has to kind of put out as well. And I'm also looking forward to seeing what Qualcomm has to put out. This is the reason why I'm kind of bringing it in at the end of the year. We're almost at the middle of November, right? Uh, thir uh, 13th. Yeah. So we're at least it's not Friday. And we're literally, there's like two, two, two to three more weeks. We have a major holiday coming in in November and, of course, December. And, then of course, right before you know it, CES is going to be there, which I'm also going to be there as well. Um, uh, hopefully everything kind of works out and and, and, and we, we keep going the course forward. The holidays don't set us back. Um, George Brown had a quick comment. I, I just wanted to, I, I wanted your thoughts on... Um, Unihertz, do you know uh, uh, that mobile company? I have not heard of them, actually. I'm sorry. Um, and I, uh, oh, uh, the Jelly 2. So I think I've, okay, so I've, I've heard of their brand. Um, they, I, I want to mention, I want to say that they reached out, uh, they reached out one time to me, but that wasn't for, for TK. It was trying to reach out to XDA. Um, but since I no longer do that portion of the work, I don't know, I no longer produce content there. Uh, it's something that I didn't, re I they weren't willing to work with me. Apparently, I wasn't 
the right fit, uh, and they said they will get back to me. So no, unfortunately, Zoras, I'm, I'm not familiar with them, uh, but I am I am familiar with the Jelly 2, um, and I want to say uh, the the Titan was one of their other devices. I could be wrong, but maybe let me know. Uh, if you had a specific question, maybe some of the other guys in the comments know. Uh, let me double check here. Uh, is 5G... Okay. This one also kind of... Uh, Remy D is asking, is 5G worth the battery drain? Should I turn off 5G and just stick with LTE? Right now, in most markets, I probably will say yes. You're probably well off saving a battery, stick to 4G LTE. You'll probably have better battery life as well as more consistent performance um, overall in general. 5G is a very powerful connection. I'll say this. In the U.S. right now, at least, it's getting better. as to every, With every month that goes on, 5G gets better. Uh, T-Mobile and Sprint's merger brought in ultra capacity over to T-Mobile, which was Sprint's mid-band 5G, which was something that we couldn't access before. And that technology is actually very fast. We can get up, up to like about 700, almost 800 megabits down if you're within a good range of, the, uh, of, a, of a tower. But also it actually worked much better without having direct line of sight, kind of like having um, ultra wideband, which performs on Verizon much better when you have that direct line of sight. So short answer, with the way 5G is right now, in most areas, it's competing with the same level of performance as, 5, as 4G LTE. So... If you have a very good 4G LTE signal, I'll probably stick with that. If you're not getting really good 4G LTE signals and you're getting better 5G signals, then I would probably say stick with the 5G because you are going to get better connection. They are separate modems, and even though they may support certain ranges as far as performance, um, connection is also going to be a big difference between the two. So I would also basically uh, test it out. So test out in a few areas, a few spots, how your 5G reception is. And if that's an important area for you to have good connection, Double check that with the 4G and see how that performs. And if they're the same, honestly, yeah, save yourself some battery. I wouldn't really, it, it probably be, will be at least another year or so before we start seeing some of these massive connections. Again, the difference between 80 megabits down to 120 megabits down to 200 megabits down is only, only really noticeable if the server you're connecting to can transfer data to you at that speed. Meaning, if you're connecting to a site that's hosted by, I guess, somebody's personal uh, you know, web server or so on, or you're not on a connection that is enabling you to download large files, uh, you know, downloading at 100 megabits down is great if you're downloading 150 to 200 megabits or even a gig worth of data. But if you're downloading 3 to 4 megabytes or 30 megabytes for files and apps directly off the, uh, off the store, checking email, getting attachments, most of those will work perfectly the same. It's not really that noticeable. But again, keep in mind that signal strength. Make sure you have the best signal and go with the one that provides you the best. Uh, yes, actually, that was me posting comments. Okay, so here, um, so Jimmy Fire Dragon jumping in. So I saw an article on uh, on uh, Gizmodo China uh, talking about uh, talking about the eight nine eight will be uh, inherently the uh, uh, sorry it, it will in oh dang it okay so it's going to be inheriting the heat issues of the eight eighty eight. I cannot wait to see how much better the Dimensity two thousand, which uh, is supposed to actually jump on finally on the four nanometer, uh, will be. So the question would be this: Can that be a deal breaker? Do do we think that? Maybe, you know, if Qualcomm basically decides to not address the, the, the heating issues uh, for the 888 uh, is, is going to be the solution. Or are they maybe, let's just maybe flip the conversation to the other side. The reason why some of the issues that we've had with the 888 are the way they are isn't necessarily just a Qualcomm conversation. This is also an OEM conversation. I think at the time when the 888 was being put together, I don't think the OEMs were able to see the performance concerns that the 888 was going to provide. So the heat dissipation mechanisms that were applied were to a certain point, like the original Mi, when the Mi 11 first came out. 
Um, I really feel like the Mi 11 was designed and set up way in advance before the 888 concerns or, you know, maybe if they were even identified, could be addressed. So the real reality of the matter is you got a phone that was a little bit warmer. The S21 Ultra, the S21, uh, and all of the other subsequent devices that came out with the 888 for at least a few months were not able to handle the temperature concerns. Uh, OnePlus started to put in some improvements, improvements in there, and we saw also some other companies that are putting in there. So keep in mind, if that is true, and I'm hoping I'll be able to get my hands on with some early prototype testing. That was one of the biggest things that they did last time I was there. They allowed us to do some prototype, prototype testing on the 8. At the time, obviously, it was the 865. Uh, um, so that was my biggest excitement back then. It was the integrate. It was the modem, the 5G. The 865 was a big option. The 888 was announced during the pandemic, and so we didn't have really a lot of hands-on and testing. So I'm hoping this ends up becoming a really good session. So maybe I'll be able to get had some hands-on there, and then I can also maybe share some conversations. But it'll be one of my biggest things. Um, as you guys know, the way I perform my testing or durability testing on a smartphone isn't by trying to take a thousand pictures and videos. Although I do take pictures and videos, and that's a big part. For me, gaming is a big performance uh, measurement of how a device can handle things, meaning can it hang? Are the, is the frame rate going to be consistent? Um, does the battery drain uh, pretty linear? Is it going to basically just go to cave down because everything is running at 100%? So those are the things I'll be looking for for the 898, uh, potentially. I don't know if that's the name of it, actually. So good, good conversation points, uh, Jimmy. Thank you, uh, and I appreciate that for sure. Um, <laughs> I want to read the wrong link now. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I, I do apologize about that one. I um, I don't. Can I remove links? Let me. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I know I posted the link, but I think it was. Oh, so here it is. Okay. Like, da, da, da. <laughs> no, it gives me the user to block myself. I cannot block myself. No. So just for reference, uh, the article that we're talking about is this one, the one that says XDA developers, and it's in the title: iOS better operating system Android. Very much like I said, it's a it's a thought. Um, it's a great title. Let's just say that it's a great title to provoke thought and makes people click again because everybody's personal personal bias kind of jumps at it, right? Right. My my, my main reasons of uh, first looking at it is um, posting it the way it was on an Android, primarily Android specific website. It was is pretty much just like I said, it's egging on to get the get that click in conversation. So I'm I'm really happy the way they did it. Uh, Mahmoud Aitani is a obviously uh, very much putting his personal experience into this, and that's the approach that they went with this. This is not them generalizing and saying XDA believes. This is a personal reference, and again, that's how the article is done. I think that's the way it should be done. He's sharing his experiences, and this is where when you read it, your personal experiences kind of kick in. So we'll we'll definitely do that. Um, Joe's in there. Hey, Joe Hickey's in there. Uh, thank you very much, uh, George Brown. Okay, so here's a good one. Uh, so George Brown, um, I gave Apple and iOS a chance uh, in my life. Bought an iPhone, and I uh, and uh, it's just not for me uh, personally. So for me, when I started using a little bit of background story for me, just to give you guys where how do how did I get to where I am right now? I started smartphones or using smartphones back in the Windows Mobile. It wasn't Android and it wasn't BlackBerry. It wasn't Symbian. It was basically Windows Mobile. I was on an MDA. It's made by company. It's made by HTC, but it was made specifically for T-Mobile as a small portable solution. Prior to that, I was on an, on an iPad, also Windows Mobile, but it was made by HP uh, directly for. Uh, at the time, again, it was T-Mobile. I've been with them for quite some time. And uh, at the early infancy of Android, when Android was first starting to be developed, um, I started using or trying to play around with Android by, by booting Android on an SD card from my MDA 
on uh, basically on top of Android, uh, on top of Windows. And then after some, some time, I kind of went on and I kept going on with more Windows Mobile and went over to pretty much a very dedicated uh, few devices with HCC. And then I started switching over to Symbian. So basically, we went to the Palm OS. We went also to, I went also to BlackBerry. And right around the BlackBerry curve is where Android started becoming more prominent and Google was finally releasing their first device. Now, the first one was the G1. I didn't jump on the G1. I jumped with the Nexus one. The Nexus one was the first smartphone I decided to actually purchase. Um, not that I didn't trust uh, the, uh, the G1 experience. At the time, I just didn't need the upgrade. And it felt like Android wasn't really... Like the G1 was very much a, I felt like at the time, it felt like more of an experiment. It was the first of all, first device to jump on. So I wasn't really 100% yet. From there, I've been pretty much stuck on Android for quite some time, but I've also used Android and iOS. My work, my day job provides me iOS devices. It used to be um, BlackBerry devices, and then they switched over to iOS. So I've been on the uh, an iPhone 3, uh, 3, the 3GS, the 4, the 5, the 6, um, and I want to say I, I went to, from the 6 to the 8, I skipped the 7. And then from the 8, I went to the X. And then from the, the X, I kind of had a little bit of a back uh, backdrop because I feel like the first generation of their, their gestures wasn't very, I'm, I'm going to say, it wasn't very easy for me to kind of uh, justify. The, the gestures didn't make sense to me. It was conflicting with my Android <laughs> ecosystem in, engraving, I guess I would say. And then from there on, I'm, I basically landed on the 11 Pro Max. And I've actually been happy with it for quite some time. So there's a reason, again, why I have not upgraded and... Uh, that's my history with Android and then on, uh, on iOS and then on Android, obviously, as you guys probably know, there's massive documentation for the last 10 years plus of how many devices I've switched to and I've tried. So this is my history thing. And I, and I understand George, uh, George's point of view. When you go from Android, when you start over on Android and then you go over on iOS, it's a little bit different. It's, they don't really have uh, a common architecture of, you know, of navigation, right? There is no swipe down from the notification, click in the settings and go into the settings. No, you actually have to find the settings section. So the interface is very different. But that's what I'm trying to say is the average consumer buys the device that they feel comfortable in. Not saying that if they walk into a store and they don't have any background information as to one ecosystem over the other, would they choose an iOS over an Android? It truly depends on how they were, who, who's used devices around them, what devices they've been exposed, exposed to, how many did they get a chance to try. So, yeah, we're going to get into that. So Dominic, Dominic Wan's company and Sabah Hotike, uh, for me, uh, they are just they're just the same because uh, they're they're basically um, uh, underlying uh, architecture are very similar. So uh, BSD, the, the kernel, iOS versus Linux. Well, absolutely. This is uh, so you're going into the technical side. And uh, yes, you're right. This, but that's not necessarily what we're kind of focusing on because you're to a certain point you're somewhat of the exception to the to the average consumer, right? You are more in tuned into what the actual capabilities of the ecosystems are and how they're actually structured. There's a little bit of a difference thing, and this actually kind of leads us into the modding and routing and ability of side loading applications, which Mahmoud also kind of talks about in here. He says, you know, you're able to do both on Android and iOS, although I feel like it's much easier on Android. Not not so much as it used to be, but it's definitely something that is known to Android. The capabilities of customizations are definitely surpass what iOS is, although iOS is getting better. But I, I'm with you. To a certain point, it is pretty much a UI conversation, like you kind of capped it right there. It's just the UI differences. And I think to a certain point, yeah, it, it is pretty primarily a conversation over UI. 
iOS is really a UI element. It, the, the functions are very much the same. We can go into settings. We can change the display settings. We can change the wallpapers. Uh, we can add widgets. We can add. Um, we can change. Uh, you know, speaker quality. We can tune a little bit of audio quality on on iOS. Not as much as Android. Um, we're able to go in and change settings into the camera. A lot of the functions are the same. You're right. We're not talking earth shattering. Oh, you can only do this here. It's more about how do you do it here and how do you do it there. Uh, some water, just keeping things going. Uh, yes, no, no. So I, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Um, Chad's jumping in with there. Android 12 might be, um, uh, sorry, Android 12, uh, my, as an OS uh, that feels safer for, uh, for for the long for the long time, iOS users to move to. So I feel like iOS to an Android user. I'll, I'll be very honest. A person that has an iPhone right now that likes using the uh, the uh, their iPhone is going to be very, very hard-pressed to be able to say, I'm going to sell my phone and go over to an Android device. And I think it's a vice versa conversation. And if for somebody like myself that has access to both ecosystem at the same time, I will say this much, nine times out of ten, I'm an Android user. I prefer executing my commands on my Android device. And I feel like Pixel and Material U are definitely moving in the right direction. I think Google's moved this year by not only bringing us uh, and I'll need to stop her from, uh, let me see, okay, hold on one second. Let's see, that's one thing I, I love about this. I just turned off the microphone on my Pixel. I just turned it off. That's a great feature. Uh, so security on both devices, I think, going on from Android 12 forward are going to be very similar to each other. And Mahmoud also kind of pointed out there, I mean, both Apple and Google have been copying features from each other to a certain aspect, yeah. The fact of the matter is, I mean, you, you kind of see what's popular on the market, what people want to get on their devices. And it's natural for you as a manufacturer, as an operating system developer, to include some of these features. It's without saying, I think Apple has been slow to incorporate some of the changes that I think people want to get on their devices. Like we still don't have picture in picture for multitasking on a smartphone. I feel like Apple's um, clo not closing, but limiting the functionalities that you are able to do on an, on an iPhone by not providing you features that they feel that they deem more functional on an iPad because they want you to buy the iPad, right? So feel like, don't get me wrong, both ecosystems obviously want to be profitable. Both ecosystems want to want to have more users use their, use their system. So by definition, it doesn't make, it shouldn't be a surprise to us that um, Apple and iOS drives you to be more in, uh, dependent on their ecosystem. But I find it that in 2021, going almost to 2022, we still have a lightning adapter on an iPhone where almost everything else that Apple releases right now has USB-C. And the only reason they could potentially be going to USB-C is because, you know, the EU is forcing them to be consistent. But, you know, I feel like these things like uh, from an iOS user, I mean, if you actually, I'll, I'll say this, where more people don't necessarily think of these things in their background, to them, the phone is a phone. Um, I think more people need to be aware and should care more about what they're doing on their smartphones. Your phone is an extension of you. Your phone has private information on you. Your phone has your private conversations on it. There's a lot of private things that you normally wouldn't share with people, just even on a mental basis, right? Like you wouldn't just say everything on your mind to everybody, uh, just the way you were thinking them at the time. You obviously have to digest it. You have to think about it. And you also need to make sure that you're um, you know, talking to them in the right format and making sure that the message that you're trying to put out comes out, not in its raw form, but at least in the right form for them to be able to understand what you're trying to say. Android and iOS and Android and iOS or iPhones are ecosystems that are very 
it's very different in that in that approach and what they're trying to do. But I agree with you on Android 12. I feel like Android 12 is the right direction for what we're seeing. And I, I'm hoping that Android 12 adoption gets a much faster thing. Because there are some things that we have to also kind of admit on our side, on the Android side. We have so much fragmentation when it comes down to updates and um, it, just how things are being operated on. Uh, the fact that if you buy a device from a phone company, your update is now dictated by the manufacturer, not sorry, not the manufacturer of your phone, by the operating operator of your phone because you don't really own that phone. It's, it's a weird conversation. Apple fights the fight there where it allows, uh, it makes it so that they can push the updates to use straight. And that's something that Apple has been doing quite a good job of. Samsung is getting a better position there because, all, again, they're the biggest player on the Android side. But at the end of the day, when we talk about fragmentation, what we can get with operating systems, the fact of the matter is that Android 11 still hasn't had full market updates. So devices that are running on Android are more than likely two to three generations behind. And when we look at some of the statistics numbers in there, we see that Android, you know, obviously Android 12 is a very much small exception. We shouldn't be looking at 12 yet. It's only officially available on a handful of devices made by Google. Although outside of that, it's all in beta. So we really can't measure that. But Android 11, I mean, I got comments on some of my videos saying, I'm still waiting for Android 11. And you're talking about Android 12, right? Where I feel like Apple does a very different conversation. When they release an operating system, it is released. And it is showcased in that article um, over on XDA where it kind of goes through and explains like how many devices are going to get it. And I can assure you that the experience on the brand new devices within the last couple of years is not the same as the device that's been there for three to four years. So keep that in mind. And that's, I feel like, where Mahmoud's com uh, comment kind of took me a little bit. I don't know how old his, his, his uh, iOS device is. Um, and if he did specifically call it out in the device, uh, in the article, I did not see that. I do apologize. But I will say that as your device gets older with every update to iOS, it isn't the same experience as a brand new device. Unless you reset it and you reinstall all your applications fresh without doing a restore, there is going to be a difference. You're going to feel the age of the device. Apple's uh, throttling of the processing power because of a battery is another conversation. The right to repair conversation that we also need to kind of talk about when it comes to Apple. Because that's part of the experience on a smartphone. It's not just the I/O uh, the interface, but yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, Fred, uh, <laughs> uh, Fred's going to say uh, hello to XDA. Massive X XDA is a massive website uh, as a community. As um, and, and as you guys know, I mean, I I was part of the the team for quite some time. I was part of um, and, you know the, the the XDA conversation on the YouTube side for for ten plus years. It is not an easy thing to kind of jump off of, and I started. My modding experience, uh, building, you know, ROM, all of the things that we did with Android, you know, expose modules, a whole bunch of things for the last 10 plus years is around what XDA stood for. And that's really what I loved about XDA. XDA stood for uh, the ability of providing us more options to extend the smartphone's life that we have and not necessarily take what we are given just for the value of what it is. You can definitely change or look to, to what you can do on your device. And as time went on, we started premises that XDA was first championing at the beginning, you know, like theming, uh, the ability of, uh, you know, installing third party, mod not third party, but additional modules to customize UI. What GoodLock stands for on, uh, on Samsung's ecosystem right now is a very much direct answer into what most users were doing on XDA, installing exposed modules to be able to change and customize certain things. I'm not saying that's not there anymore, but the need to root is not as is not as strong as it used to be five or six years ago. And that's a true statement. For people that do still mod, I would love to hear from you and maybe hear, again, what your 
what your ideas are, what your what your needs are for for rooting or modding your device. Uh, Greg obviously is an exception to the rule because I think he just mods and, and roots everything. Uh, but I feel like that's a great solution to be able to bring life back to a smartphone that maybe you felt like it was not you know not it's not supported by the OEM anymore. Uh, okay, so Matt, sorry, and I, I am a little bit behind. So personally, uh, so Matt's jumping in. Uh, personally, um, none are better than the other. Uh, it's about which one uh, which one is uh, preferable for your use. Obviously, it's a personal preference, of course. Um, I like to customize. I like the customizations, and I have to have control, change whatever I, I can. Uh, so to me, Android is a better for me, uh, it's better for me. So the goal, what I'm trying to say again, I'm not trying to say one is bad. It's really more about answering the question: which one is? I mean, can we say which one is a better user experience? Truly, at the end of the day, both of them have massive following. Both of them have a, um, a very strong following and very strong. iOS users are very um, protective of their ecosystem, and I don't I don't deny them. I think the reality of the matter is it's a massive uh, ecosystem, and it does actually have a lot of flexibility when it comes down to um, you know uh, providing you. As far as like, and I say the word flexibility, but I mean it more so of uh, making sure that you're, what you're getting next is very similar and very familiar. Android tends to go through iterations. Android stock Android, what we've used before to this day, is no longer stock Android, right? Because Pixel decided to go with Material U, which doesn't look like what we used to call stock Android. Now, stock Android truly needs to reference AOSP, which essentially is the uh, Android in its native form, not modified by Google or any other OEM iOS by definition doesn't have that experience. It's pretty much the same look. As it grows, it gets better. But I still feel like when I'm in iOS, when I'm trying to do something that is a simple function for me, I still feel like it still doesn't make sense to me. It took them years to bring in the settings into the camera app. We finally have that in there. Uh, and that made no sense to me to be able to change resolution on my camera when I was recording video in an iPhone. I had to jump into the settings, into the camera, change it there, and then go back into the camera app to be able to do what I wanted to do. It didn't make sense to me. Now they fix that, but again, it's a slow process and you should use what you like. Um, Dan Grounded Tech is in the chat. Hey man, hope you're doing well. Uh, Dan did a great video, uh, let's say a couple of days ago, on his experience with the Pixel 6. And I was watching that one, it's a very, very good video. If you guys haven't had a chance to check it out yet. I think I may have jumped a few. Uh, I am quite a bit behind, I am, I am sorry. Okay, so let me see if we can jump through. Um, even using the 80, uh, the 80 to 40 charge uh, discharge method, uh, one gets six to seven hours SOT around 40%. Okay, so I think Fred's answering a question from somebody. Uh, I like Apple more if they uh, if they gave users a choice, like adding a, a headphone jack back into the devices. So uh, Apple's uh, Apple's been the, the disruptor of the headphone jacks conversation since the beginning, and Apple's been the same conversation removing the headphone the, the headphone jack, removing the charger. Um, it's a very um, hard, hard to explain, but it's almost like if Apple incorporates it, it becomes a thing. For some reason, by just incorporating it, it becomes a thing. Um, you know, uh, having um, like the M1 conversation is definitely a very strong conversation on Apple's side. But it's not like Qualcomm was just sitting on the side and not pro not providing always-on connected PCs running on um, Atom-based processors or other ecosystems haven't tried using uh, better processors, more power-efficient processors that can keep you connected and provide you the horsepower to perform all your daily activities without having to have uh, necessarily an Intel or an AMD chipset in your device. So when we start looking at how Apple performs it, it's I think it's their the ability for them to catch media's attention and uh, 
because of their user base, it makes it again a, a main thing. Till Apple started incorporating 5G, it was a much slower hardware conversation for Android to try to incorporate and bring up 5G. Although I still think to this point, we still don't have a unified 5G solution. We still are looking at uh, basically uh, aggregate, basically carrier dictated conversations. So T-Mobile's 5G is different than the AT&T 5G, than Verizon's 5G, and of course Sprint is no longer there. So different conversations. Um, so Raul Ellis is actually saying Apple devices hold value. I don't disagree. I think, yeah, you're right. As smartphones, depending on the manufacturer, they definitely hold value. I'll say this much, though. Um, I'll say that OnePlus devices definitely hold value as well. Samsung devices is a different story. I think Samsung's doing themselves a disservice with their uh, trading values and basically making sure that the device value just kind of plummets at some point by the time a new device version of it comes out. Um, depending on the company that you're picking up a phone from, yes, you're right. The value of the device may hold and may be a little bit longer. My conversation isn't about the hardware necessarily, specifically. Uh, so uh, for, for that conversation, Raul, I agree with you on that part. But if you pick up an iOS device, even if the value of it holds up pretty well, it's a two, maybe three years device that will still get Android, you know, iOS 14 or and, and again, whatever the next version ends up becoming for it. The experience on that device is not the same as the device that if you just bought it right now. So the aging process of an iOS device is definitely very prominent. And the company's doing some things to try to circumvent some certain experiences in there. So you want to keep that in mind. But at, at, you're right. At the end of the day, if you look at an iPhone, if you go try to buy an iPhone again, they don't, tend to, to, they don't have that um, massive drop in price. Uh, but it also could be because there's not as many iPhones as there's Android. Keep in mind, selection and competition is what provides the user a better experience when it comes down to buying devices. If you're trying to buy them, as, again, on the, on the secondhand market. Uh, so for me, when I look at that, it makes absolute sense. But if you're not on an iPhone and you're not, or if let's say you broke your iPhone and it's not covered by insurance, your price point now, because you need to stick with iOS, is very much dictated by the value of the market. Android gives you the ability of at least if let's say your phone is, I'm throwing out a number, a name, let's say Samsung A-series, but let's say you want to jump back in, but you want to go in and get, let's say, um, a different manufacturer, a Pixel, uh, uh, you know, an Oppo device, a Xiaomi device. There are so many other options that you can pick from that I feel like you're not going to, f you're not going to run out of options and you're not going to feel like you're um, held by that price point if you don't have insurance. Obviously, if you have it, it's a different conversation. So I'm with you. Um, let me jump back here. Henry is in there. Um, um, so Henry, um, Henry is basically jumping in with the average consumers are buying LG stylos and Samsung's A-series devices. And see, that's the weird part. Yeah, you're right. The average consumer. So the, the person here, the average user, when we're talking about which one is a better interface, I don't really feel like we can make a decision and say one is better. Android has so many different interfaces. Android as an operating system, the true Android operating system interface is not the one most of us use. Very, very few people install a GSI ROM or install an AOSP based uh, re released version of Android on their smartphones and use it on a daily basis. I just want to be very frank. What we see on a daily basis is a, a an interpretation of a skin. So basically, it's a skin on top of Android, be it EMUI, be it One UI, be it uh, Color OS, be it Oxygen OS, uh, be it MIUI, anything, Fun Touch, all of those things that we're talking about, they're on top. It's a secondary layer on top of Android as an operating system. So when we talk about the UI element, when we talk about what Android is, this is where it, this is why the conversation for me was a little bit off. It said the, the title of his iOS is a better OS than Android. I cannot disagree more. 
I don't think one is better than the other. I think both are flawed to a certain extent. I think both are improving time after time and year over year. And this is where we kind of we need to really start looking at it and understand it is not iOS. So uh, I don't know how to explain it. So the, the, the approach of what we're looking at it here is very, a very much distinctive conversation, right? The OS, the conversation of the OS. Apple has their own, and, and we also kind of have to kind of talk about the Apple, the, the OS from the company, as well as the mother company, because Apple is obviously dictating the experiences and uh, the data gathering and the aggregation of data and processing. Uh, don't get me wrong. Apple is trying to champion for data privacy and so on, but then yet they scan their own data on your systems, whatever you store on their cloud services, and they're able to basically scan for it and see for some potential information being good or bad based on their own algorithmic information. I don't feel like that that's a conversation an average Android ios user would love to hear i mean you know what i mean because apple literally like as you're setting up your ios device they're trying to set you up with your five gigs of uh, of icloud storage for me i keep getting that message saying that it's uh, filled up because i filled it up like six uh, two three generations of iphones ago but the short conversation that i'm trying to say is you have to look at the entire conversation this article was intended to to answer a specific thing and i think it did a great job with the title but i feel like the delivery a little bit uh we need to kind of understand some of the shortcomings even as an, an ios user you need to know what's going on in your phone you it doesn't matter if it's android or ios hmm. um oh man uh hey i hope everybody's doing great in india um i'm on sorry uh Amana Mar is actually saying, hi, hope you're doing well. Sorry, I, I took me a second to make sure I read that correctly. Uh, Dominic's jumping back in there. Joe. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, dude, your ROG phone too. So mine's still, eh, still working, uh, luckily. Thank you. Uh, but I hope, uh, I'm I'm sorry to hear about that one. And hopefully the Pixel is doing a good job for you. I, don't, I didn't realize you still had your ROG phone too, man. Um, but I, I actually like what ROG is doing. Uh, it's one of those big things. Um, uh, Lauren's not. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, man, Joe. So Joe's jumping back and forth in there. Uh, back, oh, back in the premium two days ago, man, all the way. Henry. Um, OK, so here's another one. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, also, most of, uh, most of the time, the average consumers are going to, into cell carriers uh, stores and asking for whatever phone uh, that is on sale and won't increase their cell bill. And I think that's a massively smart thing to say. And I'll say it and I'll say this because um, and, and this is for everybody else that's kind of putting it on in perspective. I know when we go into smartphones and I know we're talking amongst friends here, because if you're if you're watching the show, I'm pretty sure you guys are more into tech than the average user. And I, I'm not going to deny the fact this is obviously preaching to the choir of what we look for. And we're a little bit more picky. But I will say this. Think of it in this format and tell me what you think. If you were going to buy a phone, if you were going into the store and you're taking your family member, be it your sister, your brother, your mom, your dad, anybody that's, in, that's close enough to you, but you are not giving them a phone, you are going with them to buy that phone. I think the, story, the conversation or the statement that Henry just made is absolutely the way you're looking at it. When you go into the store and you want to buy a phone, again, you're buying a new phone, you're upgrading, you're, you're giving a new phone to your kid, all of the XYZs that you want to put. Well, how much is it going to cost and how much is that going to be more for me a month? Because you're going to probably be financing it. And that's the truth. More than likely, most of us don't go in and say, here's a thousand, here's 700, here's $600. Or even if you're buying a more of a mid-range or even uh, budget friendly, those are still two to 300 to $500 uh, of phones. We're not talking a couple of bucks here. We're talking hundreds. 
how much is that going to be and how much is it going to increase my monthly bill? And is that something that I'm comfortable with? And when you put those conversations in there, unless you are already comfortable paying 30 to 40 or 50 bucks a month for an iPhone or even a high-end Android device, that's going to change the color of your opinion regardless of what Android and iOS stand for or if iOS is a better an uh, operating system than Android. That's really where you're dictating the conversation. So I look at it, I also want to make sure that when you say the word average consumer or to the user, average user, it's such a generalizing answer or statement. There really isn't an average. There is a, um, there is a, essentially what most people end up making, if there is a going to be an average, it's the average the way the decision's made. And it's primarily dictated by pricing. It's not primarily dictated by features. We look at features, we buy a device specifically for what it can do. But the users that go into the smartphone, when they go into the carrier, when they go into Best Buy and go into whatever store, again, I'm talking about an electronic store. It doesn't have to be in the US, it could be anywhere else. The price on the price tag and how much it is and how much is on sale really predicates on how much how many people use it. I've, uh, Sam Samsung's A-series outsells their S-series because of the price. It is not because of the features. It's because at the end of the day, the A-series is more affordable. And iPhones may sell a lot of devices uh, in, in the market that they aren't doing it, and they may obviously see more growth. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at it, most of the people that are paying in into the early adopter methodology, meaning they're literally jumping on in the next version of, uh, of their Apple device, is not because they're jumping in because of the price. They're jumping in because of the function. They're already an iPhone user. You know what I mean? This is a, this is the conversation you want to kind of look at it. It's who is doing that jumping between this ecosystem? How many friends do you know that have switched from one system to the other? And I say this because I've actually tried this. Um, a friend of mine at work, massive, massive iPhone user for the longest time, got her on an app, on a on a Samsung Galaxy Note. I don't want to say the Note four or four or five. This, it's literally some of the best experiences you can get from Samsung at the time. We're still talking pre starting to take things features away. It was a very, I would say, challenging change because jumping from iOS over to Android. And then within a year, she jumped back into iOS because that's the ecosystem she was comfortable with. And you know what? At the end of the year, when I looked at it, I looked at it and I explained it to her. I said, look, this was just not the, the right ecosystem. You're comfortable doing things in this, in this specific manner on your device. And this is the ecosystem you're comfortable with. And I feel like at the end of the day, again, how many stories do we know? How many friends do we know for you guys? that are switching from from iOS to Android and would you consider you know helping them make that decision if they are going to switch over so definitely very very different uh, and, I, and I'm with you I'm with you Henry on that one the bulldozer was not fun oh man the AMD conversation okay so I am way behind the comments on this one I do apologize um, like I said it's a, it's a thought-provoking title it is absolutely and don't get me wrong I kind of carry, carry that over, but it was in, in in essence because that's how strong I felt about it. And I felt like we need to discuss this conversation. We talked about it before. Comparisons between ecosystems do not make sense. I, I just, just does not make sense. If I'm an Android user, if I went ahead and I already bought my Pixel 6 Pro and I've been using Pixels for smart for some time, telling me that the i the iOS 50 or the uh, sorry the A15 runs so much better on an iPhone does not help me. Because at the end of the day, benchmarks are not reality, and the A15 will never run on an Android device. It's just conversations just will not work. 
And it's the same thing when we reverse, when we start looking at Tensor and we start looking at, uh, you know, um, um, let's say the Dimensity chipset, let's, we'll talk about the Kirin chipset. These are ecosystems that are locked within manufacturers. Kirin, for the most part, it runs only on Huawei devices. And it was on Honor for some time, and now it's pretty much uh, Huawei. We haven't seen an adoption of Kirin processors on other manufacturers. And even if Oppo comes up with their own SOC, and obviously we have the Exynos and so on. Anyways, all of those things are very hard conversations to basically say people are looking at those. We care about them because we look into the details and that's what we do. But most users are really using their pocket. It's really about form, price, and feature set. The A-Series delivers a bang for the buck and that's what people are going for. And this is why I think the Pixel 6, Dan, Dan's conversation, the Pixel 6 will sell more than the Pixel 6 Pro. At $599 for a very premium experience from Google and and obviously first uh, almost like day one updates on operating system and security patch updates, there's it's hard to mess with the, uh, the Pixel 6. The 6 Pro obviously features a little bit more and I definitely can, can see the benefit of going to it. But I think, again, I think we'll see how numbers go. The 6 will sell more. Um, I'm okay with my, oh, oh my God. Okay, so Pancake, Pancake Lazard is actually saying, uh, I'm okay with my Find X2 Pro. I am absolutely perfectly okay with the Find X2 Pro. That is an absolute banging device. Um, Oppo's ColorOS has done a massive shift and that was when they did it. They went from seven uh, ColorOS 7 to ColorOS 11. Was it 11? Yes, ColorOS 11. They jumped uh, a few different versions. Uh, Oppo's been doing great. And I think this is one of those reasons when I heard Oxygen OS and, and Color OS merger and make it meaning um, Oxygen OS will have a, basically be running a Color OS with a skin. I did not flinch for a second. I like that's it, that's a massive improvement. And I think for the amount of improvements that both Oppo and OnePlus have done in their own independent development, this is a great opportunity for them to kind of unify it. And they kind of already did it over in Hydrogen OS. They, Hydrogen OS doesn't exist anymore in uh, in the Asian market. They pretty much switch over to Color OS on those devices and their OnePlus devices. So would you? Uh, <laughs> Joe Hickey's definitely with them uh, with him on that one. Um, let me double check. I think I'm jumping in. Uh, which which is another anti-consumer move allowed in the U.S.? Uh, yeah, no, this is a weird conversation. Like when we talk about security and, and information, what things are being done, don't get me wrong. Google is an ad. I mean, and, and, and Mahmoud kind of points it out in there. So Google is, an, is in the ads business. It's in, it's in business to sell ads and to give ads, uh, ad subscribers, people that want to advertise on Google, on Google services, the best experiences in targeting information. This is why YouTube exists the way YouTube exists right now. This is why we take for granted that we can open up YouTube and literally search for almost anything that we want and find a video about it. And just for the sake of watching that video, we, we suffer through maybe a 40, 30, 40 seconds if you don't have a premium service or if you don't have any other methods of, of things like that. Um, that's why YouTube exists. It's because of the advertising. If YouTube was not monetized through advertising, YouTube would not be where YouTube is. And Google would not have doubled down and added more things into it. Twitter's trying to be a little bit more functional by adding more functionality into that free ecosystem, although they've done the advertising and the, and the same thing with Instagram. You have to understand, certain things, I'll take that back, there is no such thing as a free thing. There's always a little bit of a catch. And it depends on how much you're willing to handle. And I feel like this is where we, the conversation kind of changes, where Android 12 is shifting some of that conversation. Don't get me wrong. iOS is also shifting the conversation by providing us better control over permissions of devices and sharing your data over applications. Similarly, with, uh, with Android, you're able to, if you want to jump in into the ecosystem and control what 
um, you know, what app is using what permission, what permission is allowing to use it. And if, if you have devices or applications sitting on your phone for an extended amount of time that you haven't used, some operation, uh, some versions of Android um, allow you, and I, mean, I don't mean Android as an AOSP, I'm talking about specifically just the OEMs versions that allow you to put device uh, applications into hibernation, which was taken over from Android. Also, the ability of basically revoking permissions over extended amount of time. Meaning, if you gave a specific app that you installed maybe a year or so ago, but you haven't opened this app for over six months, does it make sense to give it your camera access and, and contact information and just have it run in the background whenever it wants and keep accessing? Nope. Auto uh, auto uh, rejection is the best feature to go. So I, I want to come back. I think I'm really behind. Uh, ta -ta -ta. Let me see here. Dune is amazing. Okay, I think we, we jumped over on Dune a little bit. The, the S21 Ultra was a... my. Uh, my, my personal <laughs> oh my god fred okay fred, fred fred gets the award right now and i'm with you the 888 is definitely a very very warm i mean in its in its stable not stable in its non um uh basically when you're not pushing the device obviously it doesn't run that hot but yeah you're right it can get, definitely get pretty pretty warm uh depending what you're doing uh, pixel in the middle name um then she, she pixel fanboy oh my god okay Matt, matt's gonna jump in with dan and they're gonna duke it out and uh yeah good morning chemi hey hope you're doing well uh thank you for joining the chat um okay so here's here's a good one um lanky is actually saying um in touch response uh in touch response rate it's uh, it's a hardware thing and um uh, or a software thing uh make some mobile devices uh claiming that their phones are like 600 hertz touch response um it is mostly a hardware, a hardware capability of what the device can do. And it's, I think what you're referring to is the touch sampling. Uh, so essentially what we're looking at, a device that typically runs, let's say, 60 hertz can go all the way up to 120 hertz of touch sampling. Sometimes they actually claim 90 hertz can go all the way to 480. The, the numbers are very... Um, I want to say subjective, but the reality of the matter is the touch sampling is a little bit more important than how fast your refresh rate is specifically for gaming. So what you're referring to the 600, uh, you know, touch sampling uh, rate on devices like uh, I'll say this, uh, the Xperia 1 Mark III is definitely much higher, even though it's a 120, it runs at 240, uh, 240, 280 hertz. Um, touch sampling allowing you to actually have better control and that's essentially is how many times does the display try to register your touches when you're moving your device like you put your phone you put your thumbs on you move on that's how sorry that's how fast the response rate is going to be this is what makes a gaming phone more appealing to gamers than a standard smartphone because the standard smartphone's focus is not on the gaming experience it's focusing more on the usability meaning your general average uh, i hate using the word average your um your your social media scrolling your email uh, you know email response typing those are the type of things that they're focusing on more uh, but yes, it is definitely a hardware and it is something that the company has to actually activate in their software side. Some companies do not put the development into it because, again, it's not part of what they're focusing on. It is a combination of both, though, the panel and the, the software experience. Um, let me see here. Da, da, da. Uh, then you should you should have Frankie going. Okay, I am way behind on the comments. Let me see here. I don't think the UI master. Uh, I don't do UI. Okay, so let's jump in. So Kumal is jumping in. That's a good question here. So it says Kumal. I don't think that the UI matters as much. The most important part uh, is quality of apps themselves, in my opinion. So that's so we're changing the conversation a little bit. The app ecosystem, the app experience, is very much still to this day an existing concern. Why do I say this? I say this specifically because 
developers are focusing heavily on making the experience on iOS better than they've done on their own versions of their app. And, and this is weird conversation, but Google is even part of this conversation. Uh, I feel like to a certain point, we've seen many, many features in new features added to their Google Studio app, YouTube applications and functionality to iOS ahead of when they release them on Android, which is a very weird conversation to have. Um, if we if we look over even on, on SAP applications, for me, obviously, this is something applies to me. But um, Tesla, Tesla updated the uh, the application on iOS to allow them to stream content straight from the cameras built into the uh, to their Tesla cars. Uh, obviously, that feature will come to Android at some point, but we just don't have that yet. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like it's it's always been this this experience, like social media applications focus on cameras on, on iOS devices more so than they focus on uh, on Android. And I feel like it's because they feel like they already have a. And I'm not going to say the word sounds like a, a bad one. I'm not saying it's a captive audience, but essentially it's a it's a large user base that they already know for the most part. They only have to fix their the, their compatibility to a smaller subset of numbers, as opposed to if they go into the Android side, you have. You know, five devices, ten, you know, five to ten devices from each manufacturer, and then if there is obviously other devices as well, it becomes a little bit harder. Uh, but yeah, it is it is always going to end up becoming on the developer. What what does the developer value? Which ecosystem do they want to work with the most? More than likely, regardless of how much money Apple takes out of uh, app sales or app services sold on on their ecosystem, I think uh, developers focus on iOS first and Android after. There are obviously the, uh, exceptions to the rule where developers are focusing mostly on Android. Uh, but I like the fact that I like the ability to say that the, the differences between iOS App Store to the App Store and the Google Play Store is not as great as it used to be. We no longer have that conversation saying, well, this only exists on iOS. It never will exist on Android. More than likely, at some point, everything that exists on both on one will exist on the other. So that's that's a better conversation. Yeah. Uh he turned Mike's okay. I'm not sure which one of you guys are talking about. I, I, I try not to turn off Mike, uh, Juan's mic off. Uh, I'm thinking of buying a 5950X. Oh man, because of the performance, uh, very similar to the i9 12,000K. Uh, my worry is that the Intel e, uh, e cores might not work uh, with games. Um, I think the 5950X is an amazing uh, processor. I don't think you're going to be disappointed at all. I've been running it on my main system here for at least eight months now, eight to nine months. So, and it is, it's an absolute champ and it runs everything and anything that you run on it. Uh, it is literally one of the better options that you can get as far as basically just sheer horsepower of what AMD or what Ryzen can do. Let's just say that of what Ryzen, short of going Threadripper, I think that's going to be one of the better options you can do. Um, Joe Hickey is jumping back when that. Yeah, so the Pixel UI, the new Material UI is absolutely, seriously, like it's smooth. It refreshes correctly. There are still some hiccups. It is something that we need to keep in mind. Android 12 as an operating system has not existed for that long. Pixels as a smartphone that runs Android 12 has have not existed more than maybe a couple of weeks. All of these things need to be kind of uh, appreciated and understood when we're talking about an operating system. This is why when I was talking about market penetration yet, I don't feel like Android Twitch will be as part of the conversation yet. It only exists in an official manner um, on a very small subset of numbers compared to the rest of the Android ecosystem. Um... <laughs> okay, I think some. I think you guys are, are probably talking about something else. Uh, to be honest, uh, Dom. Uh, oh, uh, Dominic. Uh, yeah, the AMD uh, option is a better one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with Dan on that one as well. Is Realme 11 series uh, are, are good or not? Hamad Kamadi. Um, the Realme, Realme smartphones are, oh, sorry, I think you're talking about, sorry, you said about the Redmi, not the Realme. Um, I haven't really used Redmi's for as much as I've used Realme's. And I can tell you that they're, 
at least on the realme side they're definitely very com uh, competitive in the price point and what features that you're offering uh, for the price point that you're paying for it so it's intended to be more of a budget version of what like xiaomi is so redmi is the xiaomi side as opposed to the realme to the oppo side so it depends on the device that you're looking for i'm not very familiar with the realme 11 so sorry the redmi 11 but i'm hoping that it should be good um, it, i'm pretty sure a simple google search or even a youtube search again we talked about how youtube works um Oh, and speaking of which, yeah, we have to also kind of talk about, yeah, it's not just about Qualcomm and MediaTek. Exynos is also jumping in uh, in the conversation. Uh, the next Exynos ship looks very interesting, TK. 2022 might actually be the people uh, wanting more uh, Exynos. So I, I'm, I'm with you on the comment of meaning that uh, Samsung is going to focus more work on their Exynos chipset to move forward in 2022. Although some of the biggest thing that we started to hear uh, recently is that they're removing Exynos from the Indian market and focusing more on Qualcomm chipsets for their next series uh, of devices. And that's a little bit of a different change for me. I feel like outside of the US, Exynos is so renowned. Like in Middle East, there's literally all Exynos. Europe gets the Exynos side. Uh, and I want to say Korea doesn't get Exynos, they get Qualcomm in there. But for the most part, I mean, even, even China uh, gets Qualcomm, depending on the model of the, that you're looking at. Uh, but it would be very interesting to see what uh, Exynos does in 2022. Have they, again, overcome their collaboration with Google? Has it uh, has it fruit has um, has it blossomed into something that helped them basically bring uh, Exynos to be more a better performer? And I also want to address the fact that I think a lot of comments that I've received saying, you know, a Tensor is basically the Exynos of 2022. It's a very different uh, architecture, a very different approach to processing. You have to understand Tensor is really truly meant for AI processing, uh, GPU horsepower, and, and it actually runs two prime cores, which is a different approach than what we see on most um, devices, which are running a single prime core and a different configuration when it comes down to either GPU horsepower or even uh, mid-processing uh, mid, mid power, like the, basically the uh, performance tier, the mid-tier, and then of course, the uh, think of it as the background processes type of a tier uh, SOC. So we'll have to see how that goes. Barry Johnson's in there, hey man. Um, Okay, so here, um, yes, uh, where can I see, where can I see that? Uh, zero tolerance uh, for any TK Bayer woman <laughs> disrespect. Uh, I appreciate it, you guys. Honestly, always, always appreciate you guys' support. It's, it's been an interesting week. I haven't been, well, I'm saying, I haven't seen this much, um, you know, conversations go on like this between different, between creators or the tech uh, ecosystem. It's almost like to a certain point, Juan and I, I, we were talking about this on Thursday, sorry, Friday morning. It, it's a very interesting conversation where, you know, you make an opinion based purely on reading a spec sheet or not necessarily living with a smartphone. And this is really where I feel like um, Google did it differently this year. And I appreciate them giving that little bit of a setback. And the beginning when I first heard of like, you know, the dual embargo was like, OK, what's the point? What's the reason behind it? Everybody and anybody that wanted to learn about a Pixel smartphone was on hold. Everybody was waiting from the announcement date to the actual review date because that's how the experiences were all set up. Everybody, nobody could talk about it ahead of time. And I think that's the right way to do it to get us excited a little bit because we kind of knew on paper what things look like. And again, people making decisions and, and, and stances based on purely a spec sheet point of reference is I feel like you're not really doing justice and it's not a real statement. I mean, it's more of an opinion, but you don't necessarily have the ability of backing it up with actual data of what really kind of comes up. More and more people are experiencing what Pixel is and living with Pixel. And the reality of the matter is, yeah, every ecosystem comes up with a problem whenever they update. Even Apple, even Samsung, even insert XYZ manufacturer's name. It is an absolute truth. There's always going to be a problem. There's always going to be an app that crashes. Um, 
and just for reference, like for me, Studio did not crash the same way it was crashing for a lot of other people on Pixels. But I think at the end of the day, when you're looking at it, you need to approach it from what works for you and how much is that really of an issue. Uh, Dan said it very clearly and very easily for him. He said, look, yeah, YouTube Studio is crashing for me, and but I know that it crashes on my Pixel 4 XL as well. It's not a Pixel problem. It's an Android 12 problem. You know what? It's going to get better. I'm not returning the phone because you know Pixel uh, because Studio did not work the way it was supposed to, and and that's one thing to keep in mind. Those are the things you have to kind of appreciate. How much of what you're complaining about really changes the way you use the phone, and is that really a deal breaker for you? What is that line in the sand that made you say this is you know hot garbage to nope, this is the best thing uh, since sliced bread? <laughs> cough, cough, final cup. Oh my god. Okay. Um, uh, Remy Remy D is actually jumping in. So. Um, I've re I've accepted the fact that iOS will always have a very have will always have very good battery life. Keep in mind it wasn't always the same depending on the phone on the phone you're first, you're looking at. Let's not let's not forget the iPhone 12 uh, with the battery life concerns. Um, and Android just can't complete. But as long as as long as I can get get through the day, uh, walking up until uh, basically waking up until midnight, I'm good. Truly, very much. Uh, um, I think at the end of the day, I think that's most most of our requirement, really, right? The device needs to be able to handle our daily activity. But again, from waking up to going to sleep. So if your phone is on the charger, you wake up at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, you want it to carry you all the way till midnight or till you're able to basically put it back on the charger with some extra, per, you know, a little bit extra in the chamber uh, so that you're not necessarily running it down to 5% every day. Uh, and I agree with you. I think that's a certain conversation that a lot of people need to have. But one big conversation I think a lot of us are having right now is, the fact that, that a lot of people are saying that the Pixel 6 and the 6 Pro have bad battery life. It depends on what you do on your phone. Any phone can be driven. Any phone's battery can be driven to zero in, in a certain circumstance. But the biggest factors that we also need to keep in mind is what, what are you doing with that phone? What is running in the background? Google can definitely work better at improving the background process management on the Pixels and allow us to have better life. But for me, with a consistent two weeks of seven plus hours of screen on time, I, I'll say this, it's better than some of my uh, Samsung devices and they have a, a 5,000 milliampere as well. So it's not something that was really bugging me uh, to a certain point to say, basically, you know, my, my Pixel is dying at the end of the day. No, I'm actually easily able to carry it. And the battery really gets charged once every other day for me. It's not that I'm not heavily using it. I use it. I run my, my app. I have all my app, emails in there. Uh, this is literally the daily driver that I focus on everything from it. And it's truly just able to handle, handle everything I wanted. Now, I will, I will say a little bit of a caveat. I drive a Tesla. So if I'm driving and I'm out and about, this does sit on a wireless charger. But it's not the fastest. Um, if I'm sitting here in the office and I'm doing some work, sometimes I connect it to the PC to transfer content. Um, if I'm producing content out of it because I use it a lot for my B-roll, um, something obviously it will get a little bit of a trickle charge, but it's not enough to skew the data to make it sound like, well, that's why you're able to last over a day. It's not. It, it seriously is down to your usage and what you do. And also connectivity, whatever modem you're using is also going to dictate how much your battery is going to get drained, uh, how much background processes. If you're listening to streaming music on your phone for three to four hours, even if the screen is off, you're using your phone, you're using your modem, the battery is going to drop. So understand what you're doing. Uh, but there is no one way of saying that a device can definitely, you know, die. We're not seeing a massive, uh, you know, uh, massive wave of YouTubers saying the battery is really bad. We had a few people make a statement and a lot of people jumping on that bandwagon and backing up that statement for some reason, maybe just to fit a narrative. But we need to make sure that you're bringing it up. Show me your numbers when you're telling me, you know, it's dying. And let's see what is uh, causing your phone to be. But if you don't have a pixel and you're jumping on a bandwagon because somebody else said it, 
uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how to approach that one. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Dem Frank. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Let me see here. TK. Um, oh, okay. So here, ground attack and jumping away. TK. Um, how are you getting on? How are you going around uh, with the Pixel, the Xperia One Mark Three, um, and what sort of uh, content do you have uh, on the way? So for me on the Xperia One Mark Three, which is going to come right after the Pixel. So I do apologize. I intended to put out a video yesterday for the Pixel Six Pro. Um, after I was done with Juan Carlos and myself, there was a few things coming up and then my son came back from school. The day kind of filled up on my own and I didn't have enough time to finish that video. So that video is going to come up first, but the Pixel, the, uh, the Xperia 1 Mark III is definitely focused on, I want to basically spend a little bit more time on the camera and all of the different functions. Luckily, the Xperia 1 Mark, uh, the Xperia Pro I has a lot of the Xperia 1 Mark III's experiences. So using it was actually very comfortable. The camera system is different though that's one of the things and i want to spend a little bit more time with the telephoto the the new the, you know obviously the dual uh focal lengths uh you know the 70 the 70 to 105 as well as the uh, the primary 12 there the camera system is a little bit different uh, but i feel like overall that's going to be the, my main focus is living with the device and um i may be actually starting a series uh calling is a you know living with an insert device name because that's how it's going to be the title for the pixel 6 pro uh, it's, you know, how has it been living with the Pixel 6 Pro for the last couple of weeks? You know, has it been hot garbage or is it the worst thing ever? And am I jumping back to Samsung faster than anything? Uh, but yeah, no, uh, dude, absolutely love it. I have it on my charger. Uh, I was, uh, <laughs> okay, a lot of comments in here. It actually, it's really one of the better options on the, on the market right now when it comes down to smartphone, uh, performance, touch sensitivity, gaming, content consumption. Uh, because it just focuses on all of those. And the camera experience is very much focused on manual controls. It really is a manual control type of an experience. And for that, I feel like it will be somewhat of a, div a dividing line between do you jump on a Team Xperia or do you go to Team Pixel? They're very different in the approach of what they're trying to do. But again, um, I'm loving the fact that I'm able to use a lot of those functionalities. And uh, the last thing I, I will say about the Xperia 1 Mark III is I have the pre-order on the small display for the uh, Xperia Pro I, and I'm really hoping that it works, especially since I was able to, uh, we were able to get the uh, video pro to run. Should be pretty good. Um, let's jump back here. Uh, da, da, da. Let me see here. I think... Uh... Oh, yeah, no, no, definitely very, very... <laughs> uh, ER, Ibrahim, hey, man. Salaho, uh, welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Um, I'm going to upgrade. For, okay, so here's a good question. Uh, George Brown saying, I'm going to upgrade from my SE2020, that's the latest version of the uh, iPhone SE, uh, to the Xperia 1 uh, Mark IV. I think you're going to be absolutely uh, happy with what comes up there. I'm hoping the conversation stays the way it's been going. I can tell you that you'll be very happy with the 1 Mark III as well. The biggest difference you're probably going to, obviously, is they're more than likely going to be supporting the next SOC, the 898. And it's going to be a little bit of, a, obviously, a few more optimizations. I don't know if they were going to bring the one-inch sensor over from the Pro line over into the Xperia 1 Mark, uh, Mark IV. And I say this because I feel like the Xperia 1 Mark IV, for the most part, hardware-wise, should already be done. Devices and hardware device uh, smartphones are typically uh, sourced or developed in a 16, you know, 12 to 14 months uh, life cycle. So if we're so close to it, meaning we're probably going to hear about it in March, it's probably already done and they're already kind of in the prototyping phase. So we'll have to see how that kind of goes. But I'm, I'm with you. I think that's first a massive jump from an SC to an, uh, to, uh, you know, an Xperia 1 Mark IV, plus the fact that you're going to be getting a much better display. 4K it is just a stunning experience to have on a smartphone. 
Uh, and of course, all of the different functionality that's, uh, that uh, Sony has on their smartphones with the experience, the cameras and all. And hopefully by then we'll also be rele they'll release it with Android 12 out of the box, as opposed to where right now we're still running Android 11. So we'll see. Uh, okay, so this one is uh, Matt, 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 um, Matt Godzilla saying is, uh, Samsung's getting um, is getting as bad as Apple um, on right uh, as far as right to repair. Uh, the other comparison uh, would uh, that may Android need uh, improvement on. So yeah, no, no, I, I, the rights the right to repair is a big conversation for many different uh, aspects. But the biggest conversation that, that kind of comes around this is there's no reason, and 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 I think um, Juan was talking about that. I think in, in his live stream where they were talking about serializing components and Apple locking it down. And I feel like Samsung, for the most part, which is a weird conversation to say, but they're the first to make fun of Apple, but they're also the first to copy from Apple. Which is a like you feel like when Samsung makes fun of something on Apple's side, you're almost ninety percent chance you're going to see that come up on the next one. They made fun of them on the uh, on the on the chargers in the box. That those those advertisements or all of those things were removed quickly and then samsung removed the chargers uh, what we're looking at right now as far as basically right to repair especially when it comes down to devices there's no reason there is no reason why we are not allowed the reason why my rg phone 2 the one that phone from a few years ago is still running to this day is because i was able to buy a second uh, a display off of ebay and i was able to replace my display myself and get my device to run it would drive me crazy if my iPhone, this display breaks and I have to take it into Apple and I don't, let's say, have an FA, my Apple Care is not there or whatever, and I have to pay so many hundred dollars to replace a display. Or even then, if they do give me a, another device, it's a refurbished unit. It's just something they have to kind of, it's simple common sense. You're limiting and building more walls to making the experience on when you damage your phone. And again, it could be more to be like, so, hey, just so you know, it is going to cost you four to $600 to replace that uh, that display on your Z Fold. Uh, and we're only going to cover you by reducing the price down to 100 and something on the first time. Because they know once it breaks, it breaks. And I've seen different arguments that basically explain that we need more legislation and more rules to make it sure, make sure that companies do not close those walls and do not make it so that if you take a display from an, one iPhone 7, not an, let's say we have two identical iPhone 13 Pros and you say you bought a broken version, meaning you know that the phone doesn't boot up, but the display is pristine on another iPhone 13. And taking that iPhone 13, obviously from an from an existing approved piece of hardware from Apple, from one phone to the other phone will render that device useless and you just bricked it. Absolutely unacceptable. I don't think that that makes sense at all uh, for any company to do that. But it is something that Apple is striving to. This is what they do. Um, I'll, I'll pay the I'll pay the going rate. Okay. Uh, iOS over uh, over the years. Okay, so here's uh, Ibrahim is jumping in. So iOS over the years, in my opinion, has become more heavier and more complex compared to the previous in previous years. Absolutely, um, a lot of people who have used iOS for years uh, are not even aware of how many new features that that have been added to iOS. And this is the weird part about it. You're right. Most of them, when you when you open up the phone, when you swipe up, let's let's go ahead and just do this. Okay. Um, with the exception of this app. So when we swipe up a phone, when you swipe up and look, this is an iconic look for iOS. It hasn't changed. Yes, I can swipe from this side. I can swipe, uh, and let's go ahead and go back here. Uh, yeah, cancel there, and then cancel, and then swipe. Sorry, and then we can go into the, uh, the the drawer format here that we have. But most people don't scroll that far. Most, I think it, if you really think about it, we always put our most used applications on our home screen. That's why it's called the home screen. 
And then when you go from there and you shift over to other screens and some of the other options, like the ability of adding a widget, you may or may not know that. The, the guide that you get at the beginning of, the, uh, of setting up iOS doesn't necessarily showcase everything, but it is interesting. A lot of uh, people who have used iOS over the years, yeah, no, no, you're right, Dominic. I think it's, it's a big thing that even, even on Android, some of the new features that we get, although they may be covered in the information, like in the beginning setup, you know, like check out, you know, do you want to use uh, gestures or do you want to use buttons? I think that's the extent of it really, right? We don't really get uh, like a walkthrough, like a, almost like a presentation done uh, showcasing, you know, one version of, uh, you know, what the new features are, what's different from previous generations, or even just a, like a, a quick video showcasing all of the benefits. I think that an OEM, including that as part of the setup process would be so much more appreciated on the end user because you are intro introduced to all of those little, uh, I would say, the benefits that you didn't know about that even exist. Uh, Greg Greg has modded his micro microwave. Uh, yes, it's probably uh, he has probably has it running Ubuntu at this point. Uh, Geeky Nassim, man, hey, welcome back. Hey, TK, what's up? Um, how are you guys doing? I uh, hope you're doing well. Thank you, man. I, I, we're 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 having a nice little chat. Yes, for sure. Um, we're talking Android and iOS and which one is the better system for you. Um, and mostly kind of kicked off from an article over on XDA developers website. Uh, it's on stock. It's on stock Amazon, the UK now. Oh, okay. So I think we're talking about a different thing. Hey man. Um, uh, man, just notice everybody's in there. Uh, Simon says hypno. Hey man, hope you're doing well. Hey Simon, uh, ER, I, man, I see everybody hanging out with us. Uh, uh, kind of. Okay, um, I think somebody's asking how to reset a Galaxy Tab. Uh, simple, just do a search in your settings for the word reset. That should be able to help you. Uh, I'm assuming you're able to access it. Uh, Danny's asking a quick question. So average users care more about the software experience such as services, apps, and a good camera. Um, a good camera, I think, is a big factor nowadays. It's not something that we can easily, um, uh, I, I would say, e easily uh, uh, for the lack of a better word, we can't take that away from the experience because that's a big part of what we do on the devices. Taking pictures, taking videos are a big part of what we do. Uh, when you are looking at a smartphone experience right now, great services are obviously going to be developer uh, dependent. That's really not an ecosystem. It's not Apple building these applications for your banking applications, for PayPal, all of those other third-party apps. You're really looking at it more from the sense of what you're getting as uh, built into iOS, you know, as a developer uh, community. Now, as far as apps, yeah, companies are going to basically uh, gravitate to the biggest user base and build for that first. And I feel like that's where iOS kind of benefits a little bit more. But it doesn't mean that Android doesn't have that. I think Android and iOS as a conversation has been the, the, the development of applications have been a lot closer and the experience has been very, very similar to what you get. If you're getting an app on uh, on, a, on your Apple or on your iOS device or on your iPhone, uh, you're more than likely going to see it on Android very shortly. And whatever feature you see on Android or on iOS will be coming over very quickly. Uh, most users going in, though, know and have, I think the, the fact saying that you can find all the apps that you want is already kind of an established statement. People know that if they buy an Android, if they buy an, iOf an iPhone, uh, they know that more than likely their apps are going to be there. Their banking apps, all the applications that they care about will be there. So I don't think it's a big concern there. It's really also kind of talking about the price point and what you're using and what you want to, how much money you're willing to pay out of pocket to upgrade to that next phone. 
is is the the next the next hotness affordable or do you want to lock yourself in for you know 24 months or 12 months or 18 months depending on what the contract is uh, to be able to pay it off for that whatever discount that you're getting there um joe's jumping back with a good question yeah google now um it offers five years of security patch updates and that's something that we need to kind of uh, address now I was originally hoping that it was going to be five years of Android updates as well as, um, uh, you know, software updates or patch updates, but it's not the conversation. I feel like what we ended up getting here is um, them focusing on providing the best experience on Tensor. The ability of jumping on to five years worth of security patch updates is actually a very big deal. Most of the time, although Android versions or Android brings in new features uh, or better features with every update, um, Google has stepped away a little bit about updating the core functionalities of a system using the Google Play Store, meaning uh, the phone app can update through the Play Store, the camera app updates through the Play Store. So outside of some specific, like specifically like what Android 12 is bringing in with the ability of uh, controlling the, you know, the security functionality with the microphone and the camera, I think those are with the, with the sorry, with those exceptions, uh, almost everything else is something can be updated via a patch update. So getting those are much more important for people. Uh, and of course, again, if you're holding the phone that long, beyond three years or so, you're not going to be too far back. You're maybe within one or two versions of Android behind. You're not going to be five years behind on Android. It's always appreciated to see it there. Um, okay, hold on. Danny is jumping in. Uh, average users care more about... Okay, I think that's what we were talking about. Uh, and I think Don, uh, Remy's coming back uh, with that one. Uh, not with Verizon. You can't use many phones on Verizon. And that's true. That's that's how Verizon decided to be where they are. Verizon's ecosystem is very much controlled on their side. The ability of not be so. Here's the thing: you don't have the ability of switching your phones as much as you'd like on on Verizon. That's part. Part two: uh, devices that are capable of connecting or even accessing their ultra wideband capabilities don't necessarily have that functionality if it's not certified for Verizon. So that comes in into more of an operator based experience, different than what we get with Android. Uh, but you definitely have a very, you have a limited, I'm not saying limited, an exclusive lineup of certain devices that only come up on Verizon. I think Motorola's uh, smartphones, we probably start seeing those, you know, they originally started obviously with the droids and so on, and then they're focusing mostly on Verizon, their their devices. Uh, Xperia also released, or sorry, Sony released the Pro uh, specifically on Verizon for ultra wideband support because that's how it was. They needed to get that UW 5G connectivity so that they can support uh, the high frame rate or the high bit rate that they needed uh, to make it so that people can broadcast from their DSLR at, let's say, 1080p or 4K uh, and not miss a beat. You do have that bandwidth, and I think that's something to keep in mind there. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, Matt Matt just likes to mess with Joe. Uh, Russ is jumping back here. Here's a good question. Hey, Russ, how you doing? Um, everybody say hi, Russ. Um, TK, uh, it, uh, TK, will 5G always consume more battery, um, uh, or it will it be the same opportunity as like 5, 4G? Um, I think at some point, what's, what's going to happen is, um, the modem itself, or the technology itself, will at some point have the same type of experience as we get it on 4G LTE. I say this, in the area that I live in, I have a very good strong 5G signal, and I don't find my phone having to seek jumping between 4G LTE and 5G. Depending on where you are, you really should figure out which modem or which connection is better for you. And most of our devices, and I'm talking specifically on Android side at least, you have the ability of turning off the 5G functionality by going in and changing the, the preferred network connectivity, meaning 
within the settings on, on your Android device, even if you have 5G and you don't have a toggle for it, you can change it under the, the operator for your phone, specifically where the SIM card is, to what connection is the best connection for it to go through. And you can select the one that doesn't have 5G. But I'll say that in, as time goes on with more 5G modems being added to cell towers and replacing more of the 4G LTE, 5G will have better connection. Uh, performance will obviously get better with every generation of a modem update that we get from the from the chip from the SOC manufacturers from Qualcomm, AMD, all of the different. Uh, sorry, not AMD. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, MediaTek, other other manufacturers. You're going to get improvements and better, lower battery consumption, because the stronger the signal is, the less of the the less the modem is having to do any seek uh, or at least search to be able to get you the faster, stronger connection. Um, T-Mobile has been getting better time at a time. Uh, AT&T, depending where you are, I, I can't believe 5GE is still a thing, but AT&T still does 5GE, uh, throw in that fake moniker of 4G LTE. Um, but it is depending on what you're using. So I feel like where we are right now, 5G and 4G are very similar. And I'm talking about sub-6 5G. Most of the carriers that are on sub-6 5G are providing you a very similar speed to what you normally can get with 4G LTE. And if you are noticing a massive battery drain, I would recommend you switching that off. Even if your phone supports it, you can turn it back on later on as things get better. Uh, use the better network that provides you the best. And in some circumstances, Juan Carlos is in, in that circumstance there. He actually gets worse signal on 4G LTE because he's closer to a new tower that is a 5G tower. So if he, if he turns that off, he's getting worse connection. So always depends on what you're looking for, for sure. Uh, let me double check here. I think, I, am I still, how far am I? 1130, what time is it? Oh, you're kidding me. I am very behind. Okay, so I'm going to do a little bit of a jumping down to time now, guys, because I, I have a feeling I'm way behind and I'll do a little bit of scrolling back uh, and kind of going there. Uh, when will someone make an iOS emulator for PC? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, depending on the, the development tools, and I think you're talking about just, uh, I'm, I take that back. I, I'm not sure. Are you talking about more for development, George, or are you talking about uh, specifically just to be able to run uh, iOS apps on your PC side as opposed to just having the way I, uh, Apple's been doing it? We're trying to bring iOS apps over to their uh, Mac OS side. Uh, but I, I, would, I would love to know a little bit more. Uh, may oh, no, no, I haven't had a chance to. Uh, sorry, Chemi. No, I haven't had a chance to ch uh, try that out yet. Sorry. I'm just noticing some of the comments coming in. Uh, hey, TK in the chat. Uh, please, I hope everybody had a great day. No, thank you, Russ. Appreciate it, man. Uh, let me see here. Da, da, da. Aditya, dude. Aditya, the man, Mr. Cumberbatch. I did get a chance to see a movie with Benedict Cumberbatch finally uh, in the theater uh, with uh, with Juan Carlos on Thursday. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, little secret, you're getting an extra stream uh, of Warzone this weekend uh, and on Tuesday. Nice. Uh, Matt, Matt's been knocking it out of the park and I need to coordinate with him, uh, especially with the, when the new maps start dropping, uh, for sure. Uh, okay, Davin Davis, it's a good question here. So, TK, um, Apple works flawlessly until it doesn't. That's been the biggest, uh, the biggest grief uh, with them. And it, you're right. It, Like I said, first generation, you pick up a phone, you just bought a 13, 13 Pro Max. iOS 14, you know, iOS is going to run perfectly on there. A couple of years later, you're updating the 11. And at some point, the experience starts getting a little bit buggy, right? And it and that, that experience, that um, that comfort that you're knowing that, you know, things were working, were, you know, they're working great is no longer working the way it was supposed to. And 
Um, it's a concern for me the way the aging or process of updating on, on iOS is a different approach. And at some point, it's very noticeable that your phone is just not what it used to be because you got the update and you wanted to use the latest features. You suddenly now have a very different experience that may cause you to update or change to a different phone. Uh, value may hold up, but at the end of the day, I feel like iOS has a weird relationship where, like I said, it may work sometimes perfectly. But then sometimes things will change. Uh, and some of them you have no control over. Throttling by, uh, for, uh, being throttled purely because your battery capacity doesn't go to 100% is a little bit of a concern. And I think we need to keep an eye out on something like that when it comes down to iOS uh, and, or even Android. Uh, I think uh, Samsung's biggest thing that drives me right now is if you have Samsung Labs installed, unless you install any update, I'm talking any OTA that comes through, the first notification that comes through after saying that your up, your operating system has been updated, um, specifically comes up from uh, Samsung Lab saying, have you noticed that your phone is running a little bit slower? I just find it very interesting that that would be the thing that Samsung Labs, a subsystem, a, a subsidiary uh, in a sense through uh, One UI is telling me, hey, have you noticed your phone is getting slower after the update we pushed to you? It's interesting, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I, I want to say I, I did, I think I, I ran into it. Uh, I forgot where, okay. I, I want to say I saw the Nexus 6. So this is specifically to Greg. I did find my Nexus 6, but I, I don't know. I saw it and I didn't put it away and now I need to find it. Um, and, and hopefully be able to figure out where, where it is. Um, let me see here. Uh, da, da, da. okay. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, Joe's sleeping. Oh yeah, Matt. Matt. Matt is the uh, managing uh, managing winner here. Um, hold on. Let me see real quick if we can bring it up here. And uh, and from uh, ta, 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 let me just bring it here. Uh, we'll go under network. We'll go under calls, SMS. No, not this one. Hold on. Let me double check here. Hotspot, airplane, sim. Roaming, did they disable it? Hold on, access point, not names, settings, carrier, uh, data warning, app usage. I want to say I, I saw it. I, maybe it did. So I got to change the SIM card on this. So I do have an AT&T SIM card actually in my uh, my Pixel 6 Pro right now. Um, and it is it is very, you're right, it doesn't actually show that. And I have a feeling like I think depending on what SIM card you put in your Pixel, um, Google does adapt the phone to make it work as if it was purchased from that. Not to say that it disabled certain things, but like function things, like you said, the ability of changing the, the band on that, but for sure. Uh, I did not notice that about that. Uh, uh, just, uh, so thank you for pointing that out. Appreciate it there. Uh, but I'm pretty sure if we keep looking, we'll probably be able to see uh, there may be an ability of getting a third party, uh, like a toggle or a functional app uh, through the Google Play Store to enable us to get that hidden menu. Um, actually, we need to actually jump into maybe the developer menus um, in the, within the dialer. That may also give us some options in there. Um, Ahmed, uh, Ahmed is saying, I still have the same question. Do you think Meizu have uh, the same quality levels as iPhones and sorry, Samsung? Um, from my experience of using Meizu, Meizu is, is specifically made for a specific region. It, it's international in the sense it's available. I don't really feel like they're as good in that sense. They're very much a, um, I want to say they push the limits. They try to come up with more creative functionalities. But to a certain point, their UI element, at least the last time I used them, uh, 
was very similar to what you, it kind of copied a little bit more of iOS, what it was doing. So at the end of the day, would you say it's as good? It depends on what you're using it for and what you value in the function. Uh, not just the ability of basically being able to buy the phone, but it's also depending on the market and what you're used to using. If you used Meizu devices before, this is going to work for you perfectly. But if you're new to Meizu and you're coming from an iPhone and a Samsung, it's going to be a very different approach. And I don't know if it's going to be something that you're going to feel like you're upgrading or not necessarily having to relearn how to use your Android device again. I hope, sorry about that. I didn't see the, the question before. Oh man, Josh Quinones. Josh Quinones, the man, the myth himself. Um, I, I may need to switch carriers soon uh, here because T-Mobile has been horrible in my area uh, now uh, for some reason. Uh, never used to be like that before. I'm not sure. Maybe uh, do you? So maybe I would probably say is double check with them and see if they're doing any upgrades. Maybe they're going through some tower upgrades and it's currently affecting the market. But uh, yeah, for me, it's been the opposite situation with T-Mobile. And it's actually getting, getting better because they finally incorporated the sprint towers that we had here, in, at least in the area I live in, in the LA area. Um, it, it's been something that it's getting a little bit better as time goes on and connection speeds. Um, I want to say, what's it called? Like when I, when I was doing a speed test on the couch not that long ago, I was getting like 300. And I was just sitting in the house. This is, again, T-Mobile has been notoriously known for uh, worse signal, uh, you know, uh, working signals uh, when you're inside of buildings. So it's always been a concern. But I hope, yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, try US Mobile. See if that maybe work for you better uh, if they're able to jump on or even maybe Google Fi. Uh, I don't know if Google Fi is, a, is something that you may be considering, Josh. It's definitely one of the better options I've used, especially when I travel. I love Google Fi when I'm traveling. Uh, Davin Davis is in there. Uh, I'm not putting um, I'm not putting my primary sim, uh, sim into a, a phone. I cannot repair myself as a daily driver. Hashtag right to repair. Uh, absolutely. I think I, th this is something as you value as a as a benefit of a smartphone, knowing that at some point or another, we may need to fix something. Uh, is is a big factor and knowing that the company that you're buying into you're supporting by with your dollars by buying this device is uh, against you being able to get it to take this into a third party repair center and get your device fixed without it having to be an Apple authorized repair center with an Apple authorized piece of hardware. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should put fake hardware in there or not put original OEM things. But at the end of the day, not everybody's going to go to an Apple store and want to pay the high prices to install the screen where it could be easily done at a repair shop. And, and I think even if you want to do it yourself, there's tons of repairs, uh, walkthroughs on YouTube that allows you to do that. And you should be comfortable or uh, you should be expecting that it should not cost you an arm and a leg. And you can you have a, a selection of different places to be able to buy it from and therefore be able to save a little bit of money on fixing that device since you're sticking with it and you're not replacing it. Would you? Um, Aditya TK, um, so TK and uh, so Sabaha TK, uh, in the chat. You uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, like uh, lurking today, a lot of a lot on my plate. My mind's uh, in a bad place. Oh, and struggling. I, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Um, it it's it's always hard, um, regardless of where where we are, and um, we always have to kind of go through different different points and different you know peaks and valleys in, in our in our things and how we're dealing with things. So I hope things do work out. Um, and I'm glad that Matt and Joe are here uh, teaming up uh, and, and making sure to managing the, all the trolls and so on. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And I hope you do feel better. Um, I, I always it always makes me happy to see everybody hanging out with us, especially the, the you know, the usual faces and everybody hanging out with us. So it's always fun. Uh, and, and it is a very big thing. So uh, I hope you do take some time to be able to work out what you need and that you can uh, feel a little bit better. Hopefully soon, man. We'll talk soon. Um, yeah. It's it's hard. It's it's hard. 
let me see here real quick. Aditya jumping back. Okay. So now that we're at kind of a good point here, I do want to say, oh crap. Okay. So it's now 37. We are at that time of the, the time of the show. Um, so if you guys are not familiar with it, uh, hold on, let me double check. Sorry, Damon Davis. I own my, I own all of my Android devices. Uh, Apple lets me lease their devices, no matter how much I pay for them. So it is a different situation and it is, unfortunately, we're starting to see some of these conversations happen over on Android, uh, where we are seeing, we're seeing more and more OEMs locking their devices to a point where we cannot unlock the bootloader or even try to do other options in there. I'm not saying just necessarily you know, that everybody should go root their device and get root access. But it is a question that I love asking people. Do you find it interesting that today when you go buy a phone and you're buying it at, at, a, at a premium price, let's say, you know, five, six hundred, seven hundred, a thousand, two thousand dollar phone or whatever to a twenty five hundred dollar phone. Is it funny that we are not allowed to have full control over our phone, even though we paid money for the full phone? If you buy a carrier version of the same unlocked phone, you're actually getting a slightly different experience. Uh, OnePlus is actually one of the biggest things. OnePlus phone from OnePlus as an unlocked phone is definitely much more uh, developer-friendly, user-friendly, customizable, everything that you'd want to do it. You buy the same phone, same brand, same model. You buy it from a carrier, you suddenly lose a secondary SIM card because you're not allowed to use a second SIM card with that. And your updates go through the OEMs, which means you're somewhat behind the update cycle when it comes down to features. Um, Samsung, not Samsung, um, I want to say Sprint did the OnePlus 7T Pro, the OnePlus 7T 5G early in, in the, the year where uh, OnePlus wasn't really releasing 5G phones till the McLaren edition that came at the end of the year. Um, it was a very different experience. And I can tell you right now, I'm still running uh, two versions behind on that phone. Not that I'm still using it, but as a phone, if you want to use it to play games, watch content, you notice how frequent the, the updates are going to come and more than likely Sprint shut off all the updates for that. So we're not going to get anything for that. I can't unlock the bootloader easily just to kind of switch it over. So a very different conversation. So, but yeah, definitely uh, appreciated there. Um, TKception, it is that time of the uh, time of the show. If you guys are not familiar with it, uh, there is this nice little uh, show that we do in the middle of the show where we kind of recognize a lot of our contributors, a lot of our fans, a lot of the people that are hanging out with us on their Saturday or even early Sunday, depending what part of the world you're in. Uh, and I'll say this. Um, if you probably already saw that, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Hickey's kind of throw that in there, the hashtag TKception, uh, and I'm sure you guys will get the, uh, the concept of what it is. Uh, obviously, if you're new to the channel, you haven't, you haven't been with us before, make sure you hit that like and subscribe. So you can always be always aware whenever we put out new content for you guys here on the channel. But the conversation, and as more people are putting in the hashtag TKception thing, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of do a little bit of a um, recapping of the, uh, of, the, of the channel, of the video today, or the live stream. The conversation of Android and iOS will always be a conversation that a lot of people will feel very passionate about one way or the other. When you're buying a phone, when you're using a phone for a certain amount of time, your upgrade process becomes very dependent on how much you have liked that experience with that OEM or with that version of the operating system. If your experience with, uh, with, your, with your iPhone or your Android device was a bad one through the last whatever certain contract restriction that you had, you're more than likely going to be looking at a device that is on the opposite operating system or a different manufacturer. That's just how things work. We typically look and seek for things that are better for us and that give us that experience. iPhone is consistent. iPhone and, and, and iOS is consistent in the experience of what they offer. But at the end of the day, what they're offering you here is 
I would say basically a, a walled garden type of an experience. They don't let many things in. They don't change many things in it, but it is something that some people feel comfortable in. And if you are comfortable with that, absolutely more power to you. I feel like this is something that you need to stick with to what, as that's how it's going to make your experience using a smart device comfortable. What I bring into the conversation as a tech person or as a techie, it's not more about me saying you're wrong or I'm saying what I'm saying is right. It's what works for me. A smartphone that is a um, an ecosystem that is flexible, customizable, um, even beyond just you know changing the lock screen, change uh, not the lock screen, changing your launcher, changing your icons, adding different widgets, adding different applications that can do different functions. All of those things obviously are a plus, and Android does provide more flexibility to customize your user experience on the daily, hands down. iOS is getting better, but it is not even close. Till we have the ability of changing the launcher, till we have the ability of changing font, uh, the icon pack to whatever we want, those are things that I feel like are are genuinely things that if Android, once Apple gets this, it, obviously they're going to invent it when they release it because that's how Apple works. It's something that you want to keep in mind that it's just a user experience and what you feel comfortable. So don't feel very bad if somebody says iPhone is better. The reality of the matter is you're not exactly doing bad running on Android. You have been using it and you've been comfortable and happy with it. So obviously that statement is a polarizing statement. When you see something like that, especially on, an, on, a, on a site that is designed, well not designed, but a site that is known for Android um, support. It's changing. Don't get me wrong. Within the last few years or so, XDA has covered way more things. I mean, we've seen iOS and all the things come up on the channel as well as on the on the portal because they're a, they're a news um, they're a news site, right? That they're covering the news from everything. But I feel like again, from the hardcore user base that is Android users in their forums, those are the that, that's the reason why I feel like that title or that that article got a lot of uh, attention. It's a polarizing uh, statement that makes you feel very strong about something. It's like saying, um, I don't know how to say it. It's like saying, uh, saying snowboarders are crap and everybody just should just basically ski. You're going to have a polarizing conversation. You know what I mean? Like dark mode should not exist on any smartphone. Those are statements that invoke emotion. And I think the article did a great job for that. So with that being said, um, oops, I did. Let's see. Okay, we did not. I'm not doing it right. I don't know what's going on. Okay, here we are. Boom. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and bring in uh, the TK section. This again, the the main part of the show, not the main part of it, but you know, it's a fun part of the show. So sharing screen, and we're going to start it off. Hold on, let me cancel this one. I do want to scroll up a little bit. Remember, Joe was the uh, one of the first ones that we hit us with it. Here's Joe Hickey's in there. Share, share screen, and it is definitely an interesting look to see what you can do right there. I did it really, really nice. So with that being said, I want to say thank you very much to Joe for hanging out with us. Hashtag TKception, TK Alpha Bay, uh, Aditya, we love you too, bro. Absolutely. Hashtag make sure, please, Aditya, um, take care of yourself. And um, I'm hoping you find the help that you need to help you get through this. And you will get through this and you're going to be stronger at the other end. Absolutely. Whatever it is, you can get through it. Regardless of what you need to get through to get through it, you will be better at the end. So again, best of wishes there. Um Absolutely, everybody showing support for Aditya again, as you, as you see there, hashtag TKception, uh, always, always, always supported there. Uh, Matt Tyler, the man, the myth, the Call of Duty God himself, TKception, TK together for Aditya, of course, hashtag family, always Aditya and Neil. Uh, it is something you always have to kind of understand, like when you have to take a step back and reassess and do things to take care of yourself, you got to do it. You got to do it. You can't let these things build up because it's just going to get worse. It's just there's no way about it. You take care of yourself, 
mental health is always going to be a big thing and you make sure you take care of you because you can't take care of other things other people and t and work with other people if you are not in a good place you know what i mean it helps knowing where you are and what you can do to do things about it uh, <coughs> sorry about that i do apologize to everybody's ears listening to this Simon says if no tk exception uh free free the bootloader absolutely man um it's, it's seriously like one of the things to this day i still look for that information how easily is it for me to say oem unlock jump in in the command and then just type that in <coughs> sorry always thank you greg always always appreciate it man the guy roms everything and as 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 has been said in the chat before he did install linux on his microwave uh davin davis tkception aditya the man tk roots teslas <laughs> i'm still working on that part uh the right to repair as always of course uh, i think it's a big thing that a lot of us need to kind of pay attention to it uh, and uh, of course, Russ, thank you very much uh, for hanging out with us. Uh, TK Seption, TK said, what works for you is the best one for you. And you know what? That is an absolutely amazing saying. What works for you is what is best for you. Stop comparing what you have to other things. And again, like I said, understand polarizing statements like one is better than the other are intended to provoke conversation that was the entire the whole article was intended to provoke a conversation and i think that's when we jumped into it and again uh, uh, mahmoud has had a very specific um experience that he wanted to share and that's what we got in that article but again depends on you know if he was an ios and android user from you know five six years earlier that conversation maybe the title of this may have been a little bit different but we'll see Oh, Aditya coming back. TKception, TKR Bay, Hashlex Tesla Bay, TK. Building a genuine, lovely community bay. Absolutely, man. Um, the reason why Saturday Morning with Tech is what Saturday Morning with Tech is, is because of you. It isn't, be I mean, it is, again, obviously it's because I'm here and we're talking, but it, that's not really the big focus of it. It's not just me wanting to talk to just the internet. It's really about having a conversation with you. This is why I love being able to do these on Saturday mornings. And I, and it's one of those conversations that, you know, it's a very dynamic, very in the moment type of a conversation. So, and I'm hoping this translates well over the, the audio podcast, which is linked. But again, it's definitely, it's because of you guys and hanging out and coming out every week to, to check out the chat and hanging out with us, of course. Um, Joe Hickey always, uh, come on folks, hit, hit that I like that one. It's not a hashtag. Come on folks, hit that like button uh, to keep Matt Ben Hammer away from your feet. Oh man, always killing me. Dom, uh, Dominic Juan, thank you very much. TKception, TKR Bay, TK Sony Bay, definitely Sony dude. Um, I uh, the uh, a the uh, sorry the A seven four is not going to be coming out till the end of the year, and I'm like, oh my god, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I didn't need this to sell my A my A seven four A seven three and get get my pre order put in there. So for sure. Uh, Aditya, uh, as, as long, yeah, always, always very, very much appreciate everybody hanging out with us, kicking it with us. Thanks to Greg, Dominic Wang, Joe, uh, Gregory, uh, or sorry, Greg again, uh, Aditya, Ahmed, uh, Ahmed Seher, uh, Habibi, Ahlan Wassalan, Ahmed, Ahmed, Shukran, Shukran, Jazilan, Akhoui, Allah Khalik. Aditya, everybody in there, of course, Dominic Wang, uh, Russ, uh, Chemi's in there, of course, uh, we saw in there, we saw Davin Davis in there as well. Uh, Matt, the Matt, the, the myth himself, uh, Matt Tyler and uh, Josh Quinones. Uh, oh man, 400, 480p video without buffering every 10 seconds. Um, so Josh, do me a favor and double check in your account on T-Mobile. 
do you have there was a feature that they introduced a few years ago where they were able to allow you to have free YouTube as long as it was uh, using their service where it enabled it to be capped at 480p I'm wondering if there's a feature on your account that's been turned on for that I forgot the name of the service but double check that one uh, Josh it shouldn't be that way if your signal strength is not like basically doing like down to like literally one bar you should not be experiencing that but uh and I think you kind of mentioned that it happened recently uh, I wish I wish I was able to help I don't I live in a very different area than Josh we're close within an hour or so but we're different territories LA County and I think he's in a different a different county as well so with that being said I hope you guys try to do better in in the sense of being able to take care of yourself i think uh aditya's comment is for absolutely kind of brings back the whole thing around and says we need to take care of ourselves and what we are so that we can be better and help other people around us android and ios and android and, and iphones and ios so the android ecosystem and ios are big ecosystems they're literally the biggest right now on the market there are other smaller ones that you can see uh, but i don't think they're as as prominent as what we get with android Android will always have certain challenges because of fragmentation where I feel like iOS doesn't, but then iOS is also doing a little bit of tricking on, on their own with scanning personal data on servers to be able to find malicious content. I don't feel like that's the right thing. People using online storage and paying money for that storage, big, big, big caveat, should not expect that their content is being uh, scanned and maybe falsely tagged. I'm not saying what they're doing it is, is intended for bad decisions, but it again, is intending based on an algorithmic process that they use uh, the right to repair is a big thing we need to be able to fix our own devices and not have to always go back to the main company that charges you through the nose because they don't have competition by making it so that they only have to you know like they make that make it into a monopoly like once you're in you're in so i hope you guys do well um, try to take care of yourself try to take it easy and, and hopefully within the next couple of weeks we'll have way more information um, look look for more content especially with uh, MediaTek, qualcomm um, and hopefully with CES, how things are going. I'm looking to see a lot more things going on. It is episode 96, which means four more episodes before we hit episode 100. And I'm really looking forward to um, maybe a little bit of surprise, you know, you know, kind of close out 2020, 2021 for this year for us. Thank you very much. Be safe. Stay safe. We'll see you guys. I'll see most of you guys, of course, Monday with the SGQA and the best of our week next Thursday. Take care for now. Bye-bye.